Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wild Card Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at MyLifeSports.com. Reach us, Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. On Wednesday, there's an auction for government fleet vehicles, including pickups, SUVs, transit buses, school buses, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. The auction is open right now. Time now for the lead. The lead, presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Let's go back to a sequence between the third and the fourth quarter. All right. Okay. okay. Jaquan McMillan. Yep. Strip sacks Stroud. Uh. Cooper jumps on the loose ball. Houston gets the ball back in their own territory. That could have been a huge turning point in the game. Houston punts. Broncos get the ball back. First play. Wilson, ball tipped at the line of scrimmage. It's a pick. Four plays later, Houston scores a touchdown, 22-10. to 10. Over the previous six full seasons, that game would have been over. Over. Broncos would have laid down. They didn't have the belief back then, nope. over six years, that they could win. When you look at the team when they were 1-5, and five, they only knew how to lose. The fact that they fought back, the fact that they didn't give up, to me, hmm. is encouraging moving forward. And they did it on the exact next series. They answered. Punched back. Yeah, they punched back immediately. Uh, the toss to Judy was, well, I mean, he was open between two guys, but it was a well-thrown ball, and he made a hell of a play to nearly get to the end zone. Yep. He really did. I mean, I'll give him credit. Wilson ends up scoring, and they get it right back to 22-17, Still with 12.04 left on the clock. The game is on. The game is on. And to your point, you're right. There's a feistiness and a perseverance on this football team that has been fueled by the belief in the manner in which they have won games, all not necessarily in fluid fashion, but consistently through that five-game win streak, that it makes the next five games pretty damned intriguing. Right, ten and seven might get them into the playoffs. Yeah, they've lost, they're they're behind on more than a few times. They breaks. are, and that's the problem. It depends if they can go four and one, they will at least have to be accounted. But it depends on who they beat. But they pretty much four and one is pretty much a necessity to at least be in the discussion. Bottom line is. Can they afford to lose a game? Not really. Mm. They they really need to win out. Uh, yeah. But if there's one game on the on the calendar that they can afford to lose, it's Detroit. Yeah. Because it's a non-conference game. Right. Exactly. Because it's all, I mean, the Colts yeah. wound up winning in overtime yesterday. Yeah, that hurt. Right. That hurt. <laughs> right. And then the Chiefs losing, that becomes a potential opportunity yeah. to actually win the division. So as we, as the schedule starts to condense... For the rest of the season, yes, you can look at it and say the Broncos are one game out of the wild card. They are, but they're not. Yeah, they're not. They are two games behind Houston. You know what it's like? They are two games behind the Colts. They're not one game. No. They're two games because you have to take into account the tie break. Yeah. So the lazy analysis is you look at the standings. Well, they're only one game. No, they're two games behind. No, 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 no. You know, it's like a baseball 
right. standings. Yeah. You know, you can be two games out of the wild card, but if there are five teams ahead of you in the in the wild card, it doesn't matter whether you're two games out because you got to still climb over five teams to get to the wild card. What's more difficult, climbing over five teams or knowing you have to have a better record? Meaning you're not one game behind, you're two games behind. Yeah. It's mm, a good question. I know this. They need to win no less than four games right, the rest go, of the way in. They have to go four they, and they've one. They've got to go four and one and hope that some dominoes fall their way. Right. So right now, I mean, you know what their best hope might be? Mm. Cleveland. Yeah. Cleveland is sliding. Yep. Yeah. And who did they lose to yesterday? Rams. Right. That was a blowout. Yeah. Stafford kicked their ass. Right. So the the team I would focus on is really Cleveland. They're one game behind Cleveland. Mm -hmm. If Cleveland falls to seven and six and the Broncos jump to seven and six, Mm -hmm. now the Broncos are in over them. Yeah. Because the Browns have to finish with a better record. When you look at conference standings, the Colts are five and three in the conference. Houston is four and three, but you got that head to head. The Broncos are three and five. Yeah. The Browns are five and three. But that particular tie break is secondary to the head to head. Right. So and and they have the tiebreaker over Buffalo, which is right swimming in the exact same water as the Broncos are at this and, point. And they absolutely have the tiebreak over Cincinnati. They're one and six mm-hmm. in conference play. Yeah. So the teams that are behind them, they really don't have to really worry about. They don't even have to worry about the Chargers necessarily no. um, as long as they beat them because they have that opportunity. Yeah, and you've got four of the five games left against teams from the AFC. Three of them are against teams from your division. Right. You have the opportunity to pad the numbers very nicely, but you're right. It... Uh, Detroit would be the only place that you could really probably afford, and I use that term very cautiously, to misstep. But you got to win four of the next five. I I just, I don't, I I looked at this path for a long time last night, and I just don't see a path unless you win four out of five. Here's some interesting scheduling looking forward. Pittsburgh. No one's even looking at Pittsburgh, right? Right. And and they are in the playoffs. What are they, the fifth seed? Something like that? They're in. Okay. But let's look at their schedule moving forward. They play the Patriots. That should be a layup, Mm -hmm. right? You would think. But then they play the Colts. Yeah. Okay. Two teams with near identical records. I mean, one game apart, but that's a conference game. Yep. One of those teams is going to lose, and they're going to lose a conference game. And then they have to finish the season on the road against the Ravens. Mm -hmm. Another conference team. That's a team that you could could reel in. So if the Colts lose, that's great. Because then the Broncos inch closer sure. with with conference wins, right? But you kind of want Pittsburgh to lose. Yeah, yeah, you do. And with their offense, mm-hmm. I mean, the Broncos offense looks like the 1980s 49ers. Yeah. Compared to Pittsburgh. Yeah. They, they can't score at all. No, you're right. So I think the teams that we are currently looking at, the Colts, and the Texans, and the those are the two teams that, that we're looking at right now, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But let's not forget about the Browns. Yeah. Because the Broncos have the tiebreak. Remember, the Browns are in. Steelers are in. But the Steelers have some games that are conference yeah. games that who knows. But it's going to shift one way or the other, Colts and the Steelers. And then you look at the Browns' schedule moving forward. At the end of the day, that they won, they won head-to-head. So we are we are focused on the two teams that are directly ahead of them. But Pittsburgh and Cleveland, I think those are the teams that they will have the best ability to catch. Okay. Not the Texans. And I'm not so sure about the Colts. Maybe the Colts. But the Texans are out. You can forget about that. Colts are an interesting team. Great on the road, faulting at home. Only two and four at home. And oh, by the way, the Browns, their schedule moving forward, they're home against the Jaguars. Mm. All right? And then they have to play in Houston. Yeah. That's going to be another game that is going to swing it one way or the other, potentially for the Broncos, as long as they take care of their business and go four and one the rest of the way. Other than that, they play the Jets, the Bears, and the Bengals. The Jaguars play tonight, by the way and are still very much in the mix for the top seed in the AFC. Mm-hmm. And they've done it kind of quietly, haven't they? Well, they're in Jacksonville. Right. But it's kind of like it's kind of like the Carolina Panthers came out of nowhere and went to the Super Bowl in right. 2015. Yeah, they they play in Carolina. They're not they're, they're not one of the marquee cities. Although they were what, 15 and 1. They were and they, they had the MVP yeah, in Cam were, Newton. They were they, they were really really yeah, good. They were. But people pay attention yeah. to, to to New York and Chicago and LA and Miami and mm, Pittsburgh yeah. and the and the teams that we grew up watching and Denver. I think I'd probably bet on the Ravens right now. Pretty good. Bet on the Ravens. Coming up after the break. Everybody wants to talk about how the final series went for the Broncos. They let time expire. They unfortunately had to take that time out because Manhurts got injured. Then it looked like a fire drill on that fire final play. Mm. Never should have come to that. Broncos had plenty of chances to win that game. And in a game, historically, comes down to four or five plays. And the Broncos lost all of those plays before it even got to the point where they could have won it on their final offensive drive. We'll talk about that next. I can't shoot them anymore. That cold black cloud is coming down. Feels like. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, mileisports.com. You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman on Wednesday. There's an auction for government fleet vehicles, including pickup trucks, SUVs, transit buses, school buses, implements, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS, and the auction is open right now. In the meantime, never too early to start thinking about lunch or dinner. My recommendation, go to the best barbecue spot in town, which I think is one of the best restaurants in town, Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew. They have 
great smoked meats like ribs, outstanding, brisket, fantastic. But they have things that are not traditional. Barbecue items, a smoked meatloaf with a portobello mushroom balsamic glaze. Fantastic. They have great desserts, outstanding chicken marsala, if you can believe it. Amazing sides as well. Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew. I love going there. You can find them off at 36 in Pecos. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Bounce Empire in Lafayette, a 50,000-square-foot indoor amusement park for adults, kids, and families reimagined. I don't know if we have to go through the litany of mistakes the Broncos made in this game. I think we could both agree it probably didn't need to come down to the final drive if Wilson doesn't underthrow Mims, if Singleton doesn't take that penalty, which, by the way, was on fourth and two. There are too many mistakes to count in this game, not falling on a fumble when they actually had the ball. If you are Sean Payton, which team, which type of game gives you more encouragement going into the next game? Is it the team that beat itself? I'm not suggesting the Texans weren't the better team. They won the game, Mm -hmm. period. Right. The team that beat itself with mistakes like we saw yesterday or the team that just got beaten like they did in Miami? Well, I I think that... Because and this is my example. This is my example. The Cleveland Browns didn't make a... It's not like they were making all kinds of mistakes on the field a couple of Sundays ago, right? Yeah. They just got beat down. They did. And then they got beat down again yesterday. Yes, they did. It's not like they had a bunch of mistakes to clean up. And then because they were self-inflicted, they've just looked really bad two weeks in a row. Yeah. So with that, which team is easier to coach this upcoming week for this Sunday's game? The team that beat itself with some foolish mistakes and some poor execution or the team that just got beaten down. I I think the team that beat itself because of where, because of where you are in the schedule, the weight of games, the teaching moments that we talk about all the time that are still very much there. NFL teams. Yes, there are teaching moments. That's why you use film. You use film to point out inadequacies to get better you use film to look at the other team and figure out how there, so there's all kinds of ways that you hold the attention of your football team plus this is a team that has already shown a the buy-in the willingness to want to get better um i will be interested come wednesday and i guess we'll talk to a couple of guys today but um but wednesday we'll get the full measure of what they really took from this football game and what they apply to it coming up, going to LA, because as we know, in this league, there's no carryover because of the, the test that you have. Yes, you can gain momentum, but every week is a different kind of test, different kind of team, different kind of challenge. When I was looking at the game yesterday, I know this seems somewhat perverted, but it felt like, the Houston Texans players were dressed up as Browns players the previous Sunday. And the Browns players 
were dressed up as Houston Texans players on defense. Does that make sense? No, I'm not following you. The Texans played the type of game defensively that the Browns should have played. Yes. yes. And the Texans, okay. for the most part this season, played like the Browns did defensively the previous Sunday. Okay. That's what it, in some ways, looked like to me. Um, the Broncos still have a chance? Sure. Okay. Yeah. No reasonable person is going to argue that. But when we look at all the turnovers the Broncos' defense had forced, when I look at some of the teams in the playoffs right now, and I'm going to even include the Chiefs in this, they have played complementary football. Mm -hmm. The teams I'm referring to, the Browns have played complementary football. Not a very good offense. Defense has kept them in games. That's why they're in the playoffs right now. Yeah. The Steelers' offense is awful. Defense is really good. They have played complementary football. The Chiefs have played complementary football because their defense is better. Their offense, quite frankly, doesn't look like it used to look. And their special teams are good. Ravens play complementary. Yes, they do. Okay. Yep. For the five-game winning streak, the Broncos are playing complementary football. Were they really playing complementary football yesterday enough? Meaning the defense was good. They made they gave up some big plays. No, no, they didn't. No, no. Um, they had a punt tipped right at the very beginning of the game that right. ended up, you know, giving Houston tremendous field position. So they didn't get as much as they normally would, I thought, out of their special teams. Defensively, they were kind of they were they were in over their heads for the first at least quarter and change. Then they got back to playing the type of football that they needed to play. Defense kept them in the game, yeah. for goodness sakes. I'll refer to this now. I'll coin a new phrase. Sure. A box score game. Okay. Yesterday's game was not a box score game for the Broncos. Okay. What do I mean by that? I'll tell you where it is a box score game. You, you look at the yardage that Collins had, mm -hmm. and then you look at his longest catch. Right? Right. You can see that physically in the box yes. score. You can see Russell Wilson physically had three interceptions. That's in the box score. Yep. What's not in the box score? In the box score. Not the game notes. Not the play-by-play. -play, box score. In the box score, you don't see Singleton's penalty. No. In the box score, you don't see Mims being wide open and Russell Wilson doesn't get to him. In the box score, you see an incompletion. That's what you see. Right? Yep. They lost the game that you don't see in the box score. Yeah. I, I, that's, I, that's insightful. The, the, the blocked, partially blocked punt. You don't see that in the box score. No. Um, and I maintain that in spite of themselves, they were still in a position to win the football game. They did not play a great, uh, uh, they didn't play a good football game they did yesterday. Not. They didn't play a good game. They had a chance. They did. But, but this is, this is what may, makes me scratch my head and fair or not. I'm paying a compliment but it sounds like a dig. You have a Super Bowl winning quarterback, you have a Super Bowl winning coach, and you would expect more organization on what was the final play of the game. Yeah. And you would expect a better decision out of Russell Wilson knowing or should have knowing there was one more down because that interception was on third down. Yeah, and it was thrown in a very tough place to make a play. I, I mean, and thrown it, it, to it, a guy who hasn't played in leverage yeah. situations. And, and the wide receivers on the left 
looked like they had no idea what they were doing. Well, I mean, Cortland Sutton was literally not, unless he was designed to be a safety valve on the line of scrimmage at the sideline. You, you, you can't do that. You can't do that. You that's your red zone. That's your red zone receiver. They were put in a position at the end of the game because of the man hurts injury where they lost a timeout, where when they were first in goal and you're feeling good, but that's a mirage. And I'll tell you why it's a mirage. Because every ball has to be thrown into the end zone mm-hmm. or else the time runs out. Exactly. Or the time goes away. Yeah. Very, very different than most situations where there's that much time left on the clock, you're that close. Now, you can also beat the 30-yard line, and you're really screwed. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the actually being at the 8-yard line gives you at least a little bit of room to operate. Right. But Houston did a good... Hey, give Houston credit. They made the plays defensively when they had to do it to win the game. Right. Coming up after the break, knives are out for Russell Wilson. Yeah. What are they going to do about Russell Wilson after five games, five game winning streak? You know what? Maybe Russell's the guy seems to be pulling the same Wilson magic that he did in Seattle. Well, the magic wasn't there at the end of the game. And quite frankly, it wasn't particularly pleasant during the game either. Now it seems like everybody has turned on Wilson. And I think there are more than a few people who suddenly have turned on Sean Payton and believe it or not, for as critical as I have been of Sean Payton, I'm not one of those guys. No. That's next. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. On Wednesday, there's an auction for government fleet vehicles, including pickups, SUVs, transit buses, School buses, implements, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at sthmazda.com. So generally speaking, I think the opinion of Russell Wilson is one of two things. He's either great or he sucks. It's one of the two. Five-game winning streak. Russell Wilson was great. Yesterday, he sucks. Well, Jerry Seinfeld talks about, really, what Russell Wilson has been over the last six games. Sucks and great are the only two ratings people even give to anything anymore. Hey, let's go see that new movie. I heard it's great. Really? I heard it sucked. 
how could it suck? It's supposed to be great. I heard the beginning is great, and then after that, it sucks. <laughs> oh, that sucks. I know, it could have been great. <laughs> I say to you, the sucks are great are the exact same thing. You have an ice cream cone, you're walking down the street, the ice cream falls off the top of the cone, hits the pavement, sucks. What do you say? Great. <laughs> and that's Russell Wilson. Yeah. Well, it falls into the category of there's a thin line between love and hate, right? And there's a thin line between great and sucks. Yeah, there really is. Absolutely. Because now the knives are out. And I, What I, should we do about him next year? Oh, my God. I mean, he underthrew some balls. He had three interceptions. He did not have a good game. Yeah. They lost the game. But I got news for you. It wasn't all Russell Wilson. No. There, are, there are lots of things that happened. It was, a, as I said in, in the previous hour, it was like, it was like that book. A, a series of unfortunate events mm -hmm. and Russell Wilson was in the center of it, but there were plenty of things around him that could have helped them win the game. Despite the fact he wasn't particularly great. And no. oh, by the way, think about this stat for a second. How many times does it happen in an NFL game where the opposing wide receiver has more receiving yards then the quarterback has passing yards because that's what we saw with Wilson and Collins yesterday. Collins had more receiving yards than Wilson had passing yards. Yeah. And in fact, uh, for a long time, Collins had more yards offensively than the Broncos had total offense. So, I mean, yeah, but that's the NFL. You get oddities like that every now and then. They were burning up the charts with, explosive plays throughout much of the first half. They had, I think, only one in the second half. Broncos defense turned the game around, put them in a position to win. Look, there's a lot of rough edges about yesterday's game. But to your point that you made nicely in our number one, and I commend you for it. Oh, thanks, sweetheart. The resilience and the determination of this team even if it's difficult sometimes for them to summon it in terms of their abilities, but their desire is there and they stick with this thing and they stuck with it to the bitter end yesterday. I know you don't get points for that, but it gives you a little sense for what kind of team this is, what they're all pulling in the same direction for, whether they get it or not, remains to be seen. They're still digging out underneath one and five. You know what I'm wondering? And and listen, I'm not on the sideline playing the game, so I'm guessing the mindset is different for a player. But when you're watching at home, and what we've seen over the last six years, what we saw when the team was one and five, you're sitting on your couch thinking, this game's over. They're not coming back because this team doesn't know how to pull it out. Right. They just don't. I'm wondering... If the players on the sidelines feel the same thing that we are feeling on our couches, mm. just knowing how oh, this isn't going to happen. But in yesterday's game, there wasn't really a time where I felt this game was over. Right now, when they did not jump on that fumble, I'm thinking, man, that was a real opportunity. And then the Texans score and then it's 22 10. But then I look at the clock and I'm like, you know what? One touchdown, bang, they're back in it. What do the Broncos do? Punch the Texans right in the throat, and suddenly it's 22-17. There was only one time that I had a bad sinking feeling, and that's when P. Ryan was stopped on the third and yeah. three. They stripped him, and it appeared to be a strip. Right. And then, and, then a, and then a scoop 
and a score that would have made the score at that time 23 to 3. Right. And that was still midway through the third quarter. There was plenty of football to be played. I thought that they caught a real break on that call to keep the game close. I'll tell and, and they ended up scoring on their next series to get back to six points. I'll tell you what I found the most, most interesting was that when the referees ruled it a non-touchdown, mm-hmm. the reaction in the stadium was almost muted. But then I thought about a tweet that John McClain sent out, Hall of Fame football writer. This is what he put on Twitter before the game. Texans fans should be ashamed selling so many tickets to Denver fans. The lower level at NRG Stadium is packed with orange-clad fans. It's an embarrassment for a team that's been so good and exciting with D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud, a downright embarrassment. So when I'm watching the game and it is not ruled a touchdown and I'm listening to I'm waiting for a chorus of booze to shower down onto the field. Not in here. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. There's a reason why Broncos fans travel crazy. Great. When they're winning, they've done it when they've lose. No, no, no. I mean, I know, but it's more passionate. It's more passionate well, I, I, when they're winning. I mean, it will always be that way, but I'm going to say this right now. I think the biggest takeaway about Broncos country over the last seven years and all the traveling that I've done is how many people travel to games. And oh, by it's the, unbelievable. And oh, by the way, and I know I'm about to take a huge knock at this city and I don't have a problem with it because I have no interest in living there. I can understand why Packers fans want to travel to Miami and they want to trip because they want to get out of Green Bay. You know, you can make the case for Pittsburgh fans. Why do they travel so well? They want to get out of Pittsburgh. Same thing with Cle- I-, I want to get out of Cleveland. With that, who really wants to go to Houston? Who's saying, you know what? I got to take a vacation in Houston. That sounds like a nice place. I can hit all the strip malls. Unless you're hitting a cruise ship. Right. Taken off. Right. I mean, you know, th- that's my deal. Houston is a wonderful place to go in the summer, especially when you can rip through four or five shirts because the humidity is so stifling, but that's okay. I can go inside to one of their strip malls. I don't see what there is appetizing about going to Houston, living in Houston, but give Broncos fans for going down there. It's not like they went to Vegas. They went to Houston. And they'll go to Vegas. And they'll go. They'll no, be no, in L.A. next no, weekend. No, they're going to go to Vegas because yes. Vegas is a good place to go. They're going to go to... L.A., because L.A. is a fun place to go. Sorry, Houston is not. My point is, compliments to Broncos fans they show for up. going to a crap hole. And I'm sorry oh, for saying dear. that. I can't. Wow. Do you like Houston? It's not my favorite place, but I would stop short of crap hole. Of all the major cities, give me a worse one. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to get into casting aspersions can't, on various cities. Not a fan of Houston. And, and you know what? You, I, <laughs> I like Cleveland because I like the... Uh, I will say this. San Antonio is my favorite city love San Antonio. In, in Texas. Right. That's my favorite city. Not a fan of Houston. So give Broncos fans credit for going down to Houston because, honestly, uh, outside of going to a Gillies and riding a mechanical bull, you're probably hopping back on the flight right back. Alex Singleton was actually orchestrating on, yeah. on third and short. Right. He was actually tr- orchestrating the fans 
on the road right. to make more noise. I, it was remarkable. What do you have coming up on just in case you missed it? Did the 49ers stake their claim as the team to beat in the NFC? And we'll get into the Nuggets and Avs from this weekend as well. That's next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, mylifesports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. Tomorrow, they have two great auctions going on. We're going to get into more detail in just a minute. One of them, 16th Street Fitness in Greeley, is auctioning off cardio equipment, cable machines, plate-loaded machines, weight plates, tanning beds, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. In the meantime, that auction is open. So is the one for government fleet vehicles. With that, I want to bring in my friend, Brian, from Roller Auctions. How are you, my friend? Good morning, gentlemen. So the auctions that you have on Wednesday, uh, I know the ladies might want a, a new SUV and they, they might want a tanning bed or, you know, some cardio equipment. But this seems to me like this is like a guy's day, isn't it? You get cars, you get fitness equipment. It's got something for everybody, doesn't it? That's Well, that's right. You know, a lot of, a lot of husbands like to, uh, like to buy their wives some cardio equipment. Not, uh, not that we promote that, but... Uh... It's a good auction for the guys as well as, like you said, we've got some beautiful trucks in that fleet vehicle auction. Uh, 2018 is like late models, which are really nice. I was out on your lot about a week and a half ago, and you're like, see these buses over here? See these, <laughs> right? See, see these transit buses? See these school buses? We're putting these things up for auction. All I'm thinking to myself is, well, if the Partridge family comes back, then I definitely think they're going to want one of those. What kind of market do you have for buses? It's all the it's all the people that are making the uh, schooly community, the van life community. You know, when you can turn one of these transit buses uh, or one of these school buses into a really cool RV style, uh, that that tends to be the people buying them. And, you know, these transit buses are cool because they're the engines in the back. You have a ton of room. They have you can stand up in its ceiling height, and then you can make some really cool houses out of them. Have you ever seen the movie Meet the Millers? Yeah. So basically, that's what you're yeah, talking no about. Kid. Now, I'm not suggesting you bring back pounds and pounds of marijuana and cocaine, but... Thank you for that. Well, that's what that movie was, right. wasn't it? I guess. I but, didn't see it. But you can load a lot of things on there, can't you? That's right. That's right. <laughs> Lots of storage space. Lots of storage space. With that, <laughs> when, you, when you post the auctions online, when do they open usually? So usually you've got about five to seven days of uh, of bidding open for the auction, and uh, and then you've got your inspection period for those auctions on Wednesday. Pardon me, on Wednesday, uh, you have inspection um, for the the fleet vehicles inspection today and tomorrow uh, from uh, eight until four, 
And then on Wednesday, 16th Street Fitness has inspection from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. One thing that I like about what you guys do, because when you hear the word auction, you feel like you need to be in a room with a paddle and you got to raise the paddle and there's a lot of competition within the room. I love the fact that you guys are online. Why that model? It just allows everybody that has busy lives the ability to bid uh, from wherever they are, from work or, in Eric's case, sitting on his uh, recliner and his boxers eating Cheetos. Whatever he wants to do, you jump online and place your bids. It's worked for him. Don't knock it. Well, let me let me <laughs> color that picture in a little bit more for you. Of a beach towel wrapped around my neck as I'm eating a big slab of ribs, and I have two cup holders, one for a beer and one for a cocktail. How do people find you, Brian? Just go to rollerauction.com to keep updated with notices, auction notices, rollerauction.com slash MHS. My man, have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. You guys too. Thanks, Brian. See you, pal. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Just in case you missed it, in the game of the weekend in the NFL, the 49ers uh, wound up thrashing the Eagles 42-19. San Francisco led 14-6 at halftime and then really kicked it into high gear after the intermission. Brock Purdy threw for four touchdowns, and then Debo Samuel scored three himself. Eagles have another big game this week against the Cowboys in Dallas. Uh, did the 49ers cement themselves as the team to beat in the NFC with yesterday's performance? Well, not record-wise, but clearly they're the best team. They're the team to beat in the yes. NFL. Right. Period. I think, yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah, as you and I talked about yeah. last week, you know, we talked about which team is better. And I said, I'm sorry, I think the 49ers defense is better. Well, they went and proved it. And when they are in a situation offensively where they are healthy, I don't know how you stop those guys. Too many weapons. Yep. All right, just in case you missed it, Nuggets play twice on the road over the weekend, beating the Suns on Friday night. Uh, Denver was without Murray and Gordon in that one, and then Phoenix was uh, without Booker and Beal. And then on Saturday, Nuggets fell to an upstart Sacramento Kings team, 123-117, with Jamal Murray out again with the ankle injury. Uh, Thoughts on the Nuggets play of late? Uh, I mean, a little uneven, but I'm fine with where they are. They're still figuring things out. It's early in the season. I'm so glad that they get to make another trip to L.A. to play the Clippers and then a home date later this week to play the Houston Rockets because God knows we haven't seen those teams enough. Are they the only three teams left in the NBA? I feel like that's the triumvirate that just plays each other all the time. The answer, of course, is the in-season tournament. All three of those teams are out, and you get some extra games scheduled in. There's some redundancy there that's wearing me out tell you something when i watch nicole Jokic, i'm thinking how much better can this guy possibly get what i'm about to say that he's already doing if he finishes the season in these three categories he has just moved to me to be a top five player of all time all time top five player pick your guy i don't care i'm putting Jokic in there currently leads the league in points scored he leads the league in rebounds he leads the league in assists all three major categories. He leads the league. And, oh, by the way, he's a pretty good three-point shooter as well. Did you see the video of him kicking the yes. ball in the air, warming up in Sacramento? 
Then and he plucks it out of the air after he's booted it off his foot and buries the three pointer. The dude just is remarkable. Absolutely, so glad we have him here in Denver. If he finishes the season leading the league in points, rebounds, and assists, does he go top five no matter what? I. It would be pretty hard to argue. Let me ask you another a question. Yep. How far away is he from being the greatest ever to come out of Denver? How far away? If he does that Wait, this you year, you mean, I'm talking about number one front, full frontal on Mount Rushmore. For all sports? Yeah. He's there. I I, I mean, he's, he's there. there. He's there. He's won two MVPs. Right. No one's ever done that. I mean. And he's won a title. Yeah. And his trajectory apparently has no limits. Uh, apparently. Yeah, I understand. John Elway is the most important sports figure in the history of this city, and that probably never changes. And it shouldn't, right? He is the, but who's the greatest? I don't know if if the city of Denver has had a guy dominate his sport like he has. Terrell Davis did for three years yep. as a running back. Yep. I'm not going to count anybody with the Rockies. No. When I look at the Avalanche, Joe Sackick, unbelievable Hall of Fame player, but he's not a top ten player of all time. No. Patrick Waugh, he did play with the Canadians, and he was and he helped the Avs win two Stanley Cups. I am with you on that. But what Jokic has done is absolutely remarkable. And you get the feeling that we still haven't seen the best of him yet. That was Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Just in case you missed it, on Wednesday, they are having their anniversary sale. 15% off all liquor. That is 750 milliliters or larger. 20% off wine. All wine. Two bucks off. 12 packs of beer. Go check them out off of Colfax for their anniversary sale on Wednesday, or you can order online, ArgonautLiquor.com. Order for delivery as well off of your app. That is going to do it for us. Gordon and Alex, great job today. Same with you, Bruce. I'll try and do better tomorrow. Make the best possible day you can. Tearing yourself away from me now. You are